0: Welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about the professionalism of interior design. Hi, hey, you guys, another week. I feel bad that every time I talk to you, it's like, oh, you so stressful. Uh, but, you know, that's part of the industry and part of the world we live in now. We did Hire a new designer, Jacob. He starts on Tuesday. Can't wait. And we're still waiting for Stephanie to get back from her vacation. She'll be starting hopefully next week as well. So I'll have two new designers to introduce you to and have on the podcast, um, get to know them a little bit again and what their background is, because both of them have worked in completely different aspects of interior design. One of the things that uh, came to light this week and and something that I really wanted to talk to you guys about is the professionalism of a designer. And this has been something that I've worked on and thought about and, and kind of coached and honed myself my entire career. And it starts because when I first got my design job I was 21 years old. And no offense to 21-year-olds out there, but looking back, you know, at the time I thought I knew everything. And now I realize I didn't know much. <laughs> but that first job interview that I went to, I had learned at design school. They did teach us about dressing professionally. And, and as a designer, that means a few things. There's there's a fine line you walk between looking stylish and fashionable and fashion forward and a little creative and, you know, adding color, but also representing yourself as a business person that has a huge amount of responsibility. You know, when you're working with a design client, you're expecting them to spend at the very least, you know, $10,000 with you. And for some people, that's, you know, no big deal, $10,000. But for most people, that's a big chunk of change. That's something they've saved for, that they've worked towards, that they've put together, and that they've, they've waited until the moment was right to spend it and invest, invest in their home. So when you're dressing as a designer, you have to keep all of those things in mind. And that first interview that I went on at Expressions, uh, I had a power suit. My dad had bought me, and again, this is 92, so forgive the outdated references, but it was... Uh, a suit that had a skirt and a blazer and it was in sort of a plum deep wine color. So it was a little different, right? Professional and yet a little at the time fashion forward color. So I knew that it would make a statement, but it would also express to them that I took this seriously. You know, I made a point to wear a suit that would show them that I mean business and that I want to look older than 21. Uh, During that interview, I also I took every little thing I had ever learned about how to do a good a job interview, right? How to put your, your best foot forward and um, to impress, you know, your potential employers and um, win over their, their opinion of you. And so I remember really focusing on, I was so nervous. I was so scared, but I remember thinking, okay, let's be calm. Let's think on your feet. Let's. Uh, Speak as eloquently as we can. I tried not to say um and you know. I sat up straight and I spoke with confidence, and it was something I literally had to convince myself of because I was terrified. Right? What do I know as a 21 year old going into my first big design job? And back then, even though it was a store, you know, I walked up to the first the, the the front design counter and said, you know, I'd like to know if you're hiring and could I please drop off a resume? And they said, do you have a degree? yes, I do. (laughs) Most places don't require you to have a degree now, even myself. But at that time, I knew that that's, that's what they were looking for. So that first interview, I remembered just speaking about my experiences, and I really had very little experience other than college and design school, but speaking with confidence so that it projected to them this sense that I could handle anything, that I knew what I was talking about. At the very least, I could think on my feet. And because I was so young, they uh, called me that night and they said, "We you know loved meeting with you and your attitude, and but we're we just not sure you have enough experience. Would you like to come and work as sort of a design assistant?" They said, on weekends, we get so crowded. We really just need someone that will greet customers and make them feel welcome and see if they want anything to drink and um, you know, tell them a little bit about the store and um, Tell them that you'll get a designer for them and if they're just patient and all of those good things. So I was so excited. Absolutely. It was my foot in the door. I was going to go for it. And my first day, I did just that. It was a Saturday. I remember exactly what I was wearing. It was a linen suit again, but this time it was sort of those long shorts from the 90s with light-colored hose and my little high heels. And it had a, a linen jacket that went with it, and it was in a sage green Again, it's, it's funny how these things, uh, you know, bring back memories, but that day was so exciting because I knew it was my first, first foray into the actual design world. And I was going to learn from these designers and I wanted to put again, you know, a good impression, my best foot forward. And I really just was myself. I just talked to people. It was kind of nice because I didn't have the pressure that I had to sell or I had to make a client or I had to, you know, design something right away. I just got to talk to people and I made sure that they felt welcome. And I let them know, uh, you know, we're crazy busy today. So sorry, but I'm going to let one of our designers know that you're here and that you need some help. And as soon as they're available, I'll connect the two of you. Well, that night, uh, the owner called and said, we loved your rapport and the way you handle clients. We'd like to offer you a a full-time position as a designer. Yay! Um, It was so exciting. And, And you guys have heard the stories like that's where... You know, I learned about this crazy industry and I have told the story uh, a few times, but I'll tell it again because it bears repeating. So I'd worked there for about a month. I finally have my first house call, my first real client. And the store um, was called Expressions. They custom made their own furniture. We own, they, they own the manufacturer. And so our fabric samples weren't just little pieces. They weren't the memos you see, or even, you know, those medium size fabric pieces for most vendors. We went all out. We wanted people to really see the fabric. And so standard width of designer fabric is 54 inches. And so they had made wooden, dowels cut down with a whole width of the fabric, it was a full yard of the fabric, and they were set on racks in the store. All through the store, there'd be back-to-back racks of these big, long fabrics on poles. So when we went to a house call and we wanted to bring a fabric sample, this was one that the client had um, chosen in the store. She loved it, but she wanted to see what it looked like in her room. So I had pulled maybe four of these big long wooden dowels, and you kind of wrap them up like a like a flag. But they're awkward; they're definitely awkward. And at the time, I still had my college car, which was a really old uh, GLC with no paint and it oxidized. It was it was terrible. It was such a little beater, and I was so embarrassed because I knew it was also important to make sure that your car looked nice. Anything to project confidence. Anything to project. Um, You know, a sense of responsibility that you are going to care for these people and their home and their investment in their money. So I parked my car way down the street because I didn't want them to see it. And I had to park about three houses down because there was a, a row of hedges there so I could kind of hide my car. It was summertime, I had these big poles, I had my design bag with my tape measure and sketchbook. I had other you know, samples and I'm trudging up the hill. These were the days of nylon. So I had, you know, nylons, I had a skirt, it was hot out. I get there and I'm worried about looking disheveled and, um, you know, just so nervous. Like I, I knew she could just sense it, like how nervous I was. And the client came out to greet me and, oh, I'm so glad. Welcome. And as she turned around to go back in the house, it was locked. (laughs) She'd accidentally locked the house with the keys inside. (sighs) Now what do we do, right? And again, to me, this is a grown-up and I'm a 21-year-old just pretending that I'm a grown-up. So she said there's a sliding glass door in the back that's open. And now at this point, she's embarrassed and she's trying, you know, to save face and to not look stupid. And, you know, I assured her, no, everything's fine. Of course, this is fine. Let's go. Let's just go solve the problem. And so we walked around to the back of her house. She had kind of a daylight basement. And so there was a deck up above the basement and that's where the sliding glass door was. So I literally put my hands down like this. She stepped into my hands. I'm hoisting her up. Again, the day of pantyhose, she had a skirt on. I'm trying not to look. She's sitting on my hand as she's trying to fling her leg over the railing and get into her house. She finally did. It was great. It was, oh, I mean, what a story, right? Your first house call. And... She was so happy once her design was done and she loved her living room. She donated 80 pounds of fresh salmon. She worked for a, a salmon hatchery here in Seattle. She donated 80 pounds of fresh salmon to my wedding that uh, next summer. So um, lifelong friend. It was great. But look at all of those little aspects, right? And at the end of the day, I was just trying to be professional. <laughs> and I ended with a client sitting on my hand. So throughout all these years, again, I was always the youngest. They used to call me the punk, right? I was the youngest, but I was killing it with sales. From the very first store, the very first month, You know, I started to to set some records. By the second month, I hit top sales in the store. By the third month, I was top sales in the nation. And this was at a 40-something store. So that was a big deal. Again, here I'm the punk kid, fresh out of school. And I still say it's just because of the way I talk to people that I'm just honest and straightforward and try to solve their problems. But I always had, I always had that chip on my shoulder that I had to pretend I was older. And I would use little tricks, like I would talk about school. I would talk about my husband. I would talk about anything that made me sound older. Um, You know, well, after I, I graduated from college and my husband and I were married, you know, little things that made me sound like a grown up. Because I knew again they weren't going to trust me or invest in me or spend their money with me unless they respected me, and even though I was dying inside in jello, I still had to project that to the clients, and that's part of what made me successful. Now, cut uh, cut forward, you know, twenty years, and I managed my own store very similar business model. We had the design center in the back. We had a showroom up front. We offered full design. Um, But it was my job to hire people. Now it was my turn to choose these designers and and to mentor them and to coach them into the success that I had had in the past. And so I wasn't afraid of young designers. Um, One of the biggest successes, Paula, I talk about her all the time. Hi, Paula. Uh, She was 21. She hadn't finished design school yet. She was going through um, FIDM down in California. And my boss wasn't really sure about hiring her. He had known her through a family friend, but I just knew there was something about her. There was a sparkle in her eye. There was a way she carried herself. And I knew that I could help her grow and develop into this designer, just like I had. Southern California at that time, um, you know, it was when the sleeve tattoos were really popular. You know, it was um, UFC fights and... uh, There was just that kind of edgy culture that was a part of where our store was. And so I had four really young designers. They were all 21 to 24. And then I had two slightly older designers um, and then a couple middle, you know, that's what we are, middle, (laughs) middle aged people. Uh, And the older designers, you know, they kind of knew how to dress and how to act. There was one that used to wear skirts that were a little too short and we'd have to talk to her about. It's not very professional. But the younger designers, I really was proud that, you know, it was hard to tactfully tell them that the way you dress is a direct reflection of how successful you're going to be. You're walking into this house and you're asking them to spend hundred thousand dollars with you. This was a huge project. This was, and you can't show a lot of cleavage. It wouldn't, it wouldn't benefit you to have full tattoo arms. It, at this point, we were selling high-end furniture in elegant homes in, the, in a wine district, a, you know, a, um, an area in, in San Diego that had wineries and was very Tuscan-like and a lot of money. And people expected a designer to look a certain way. So if you have the tattoos, that's fine, but you need to wear long sleeves. You have to project a sense of professionalism, of you know, respect, of seriousness to these clients. At that level, they've got a lot of money. They're usually a little bit older and they just expect that. They expect that, you know, not an old time business suit. I'm not saying that you have to ever dress like that, but there needs to be that line you walk where you look stylish and fashionable and you take a little, you know, a little bit of a risk, but at the end of the day, you look like, like someone that could accept a check for hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> They're not gonna see their, their furniture for two months, uh, and they had to trust you. How they spoke was so important. Not saying like, and you know all the time. Uh, n- not um, using any profanity. Uh, speaking in a manner that, requ- that, that you, know, you, you demand respect for your profession to take you seriously. You're not just some you know, salesperson at a store. You're a designer that's there to help them. And you expect them to treat you that way. And in return, you're going to be treating them with respect. So that's that's always been, um, you know, I realized how important it was in the design world. And back in California, that was the last place uh, where I used to have a no jeans rule, like no jeans. I didn't care how expensive they were. Designers don't wear jeans. And it's only been a few years. I know, well, I guess it's been 10 years. And Seattle is much more laid back. And so I do let my designers wear jeans. But I still have rules. No holes in the jeans. No ripped up. No, you know, ratty jeans. They have to look like business professional. Uh, one of our designers that worked for Pottery Barn said their rule was you had to uh, have layers of three. That was, again, Showing a little bit of style, a little bit of professionalism, and a um, you know a little bit of dress up. So you could have you know a cardigan, a blouse, and a necklace. You could have a big necklace, a bl- but it, it always had to be these layers of three. I don't require that, but there's still a level of professionalism that I expect. I know tennis shoes, sneakers are really popular. Unless it's an install day, I don't like to see the designers. In sneakers, it's too casual, unless they're sort of all black or they're part of your outfit or, but, but, you know, trainers, um, you know, it's, it's too casual. The men, you know, even the, the men that work here, even they were, you know, slight dress shoes or um, you, you can imagine it, it, again, it's a step up, it's business casual. The designers, I even get frustrated when they, it's, it's chilly and they'll put on their parka and they're walking around. It just doesn't scream professionalism, doesn't scream designer. I know, again, that seems petty to a lot of people. Well, you know, I, I can be casual or I can, I'm telling you, if you want to be successful, you need to dress for success, right? They would say dress for the job you want to have. Well, if you want to be a high-end designer, you need to dress like a high-end designer. So going through all of these interviews that I've been going through, um, there've been a lot of people that do uh, like come to the interview with holes in their jeans uh, and really casual, really casual outfits. And I'm thinking the interview should be your best. The interview should be you trying to wow me. And if this is what you think of wowing someone, I don't think it's going to work. You you should never show up at a client's house um, with alcohol on your breath. I mean that should be a no brainer, but it's something that we've had to deal with. It's not professional, right? You you need to be on time. That should be you know I shouldn't need to say it, but it's important. If you're going to be even two minutes late, you need to call or text and say you know I'm I apologize. I'm running just a few minutes late. I will be there you know as fast as i can and you know i'll be there in 10 minutes but you're communicating you don't just show up late as if your client's time doesn't mean anything you should care about what your car looks like again you might not have the fanciest car but it better be clean you know it, the inside should even be nice what if they help you carry your books out and you've got you know fast food wrappers everywhere that that's not going to project confidence to these people you have to convince them you can trust me I'm a responsible grownup. I'm going to care for your investment and your time and your furniture, and I'm going to create beauty for you. What, what about the way you're dressed about your car, about your entire um, presentation of yourself says that also about the samples you bring, you know, I, I've seen more and more um, designers that'll do presentation boards and it's jammed together and it's messy and it's sloppy and, what are you projecting to your clients? So think about it. You know, what does professionalism say to you? If you were gonna to go to a bank, what would you want that person to be dressed like? If you were going to your doctor, if you were going to anyone else that you you really want to trust and you really want to respect, what would you expect from them? That's the way you should be acting. Elevate our industry. You know, designers have a bad name as it is. We need to keep projecting that seriousness. This is a profession. This isn't a hobby. This isn't easy. It's a tough profession and we're here to help. But you need to take us responsible or you need to take us seriously and, and be respectful of us as well. All of that comes down to just being a professional. Treat yourself like a professional and you'll be a professional. Then you'll start earning professional income. That's my advice for this week. Thank you everyone so much for listening and, and hanging in there. Keep sending me questions. Um, you know, I love answering questions. I love uh, hearing from everyone. It really, it just warms my heart. It means so much. I need to get some feedback to know that you guys are listening and that I'm helping. So keep liking, thumbs up, leaving comments. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much and happy designing. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, so stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.